Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. morning and uh, welcome, Neighborhood Church. Uh, my name is Dietrich Winter. I, I think Nikki or Steve mentioned me earlier, but I have the uh, privilege of sharing this morning uh, and I really appreciate everybody's coming here. I value your time. It's great to see uh, so many people this morning and online. Um, it really is a privilege to share. Uh, I really appreciate also Nikki, what she shared earlier just about events through this week, it honestly uh, weighed on my brain the last few days. Like, how do we just go on doing normal things, too? Like, how do I share about my favorite parables uh, this morning and still do normal things like we do? And uh, it's helpful talking to Nikki about, you know, we still need rhythms to our faith, rhythms to our, our lives. But also recognizing, like, there's people who uh, are struggling right now, who've been harmed, that there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, not great going on, too. So um, so I, I struggle with trying to, like, make sure I'm not flippant or disregarding things. Uh, but I still want to tell stories about my kids, right? So uh, I love telling stories about my kids. And uh, my kids have all had one thing in common, all four of them that is just their ability to find treasures like their whole life from the earliest age bringing home treasures it might be with our you know two-year-old you know and he'd go to his mama and pa's place and coming home with pockets full of special rocks found in the gravel pit um, all of our kids have done this we've had so many rocks in our house and i i've gotten rocks as gifts and presents i was just cleaning yesterday in my bedroom on this shelf near my bedside and uh, just going through it, things that have collected there over 14 years, and like I found so many rocks. It was awesome. You know, all these special treasures. They represented either just a cool rock or like first rock of that kind they found. And there's lots of treasures, and it changes over time. Um, the gathering of treasures and what those look like, but they had like some special meaning to that individual in that moment. And you know, and then they get older, and the treasures look different. Uh, I was admiring last night, my son built a new gaming computer. And I felt like a dinosaur looking at this thing. It was on my desk in my office. And I'm like looking at all the inputs on the back. There's like USB 3.2, USB-C, um, all these ports. And I'm like, they will never know the pain of USB-A generation one trying to transfer files. Like they just don't get it. <laughs> but I, I've been left in the dust. So. Um, but treasures, you know, we, we all have things that we treasure and we value things differently and very individually. And uh, we, Chris has shared on uh, uh, parables for a stretch here, and uh, I decided to share on two of my favorite par parables, and they're kind of parallel to each other and really short. In fact, oh, I left the Bible on the table here. One second. <laughs> uh, um, it's a parable of the treasure. 
and the parable of the merchant. And what's great about it, them, is they're very efficient. It's two verses, two parables. So you can get through them really fast. And it's Matthew chapter 13. Uh, give me a second here. There we go. And they're kind of thrown in here just like, boom, like, like a, there's a series of parables about the kingdom of God and all these different aspects of it. You know, Jesus taking it from different angles, explaining what the kingdom of God is like. And he, he just jumps right into, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a person found it, they hid it again. And then in their joy went and sold all they had and bought that field. Now, it's interesting about this. It's just some, just some dude, some person. And it's, it's talking about the kingdom of heaven and this value to them, that the kingdom of God has value. But I think it's interesting that it's just, just a regular person. Like, what are they doing in this field? They're, like, wandering around. Are they a retiree just going for long walks during the day? Are they someone without a job? Maybe there's someone working the field, and they're just out there. You know, they're not necessarily, necessarily someone who's great, like they're known to be an appraiser. They're just a person, just an average or run-of-the-mill person. But there's this, this like, recognition of that there's value to this treasure they found. Whatever, they might not know exactly what it's worth, but it's worth enough, it's worth taking a risk and selling all they have to buy this little field and get this treasure. And I've known, I've known people who have, who have, like, had poor judgments of value. Like, they've, they've sold a lot to, to buy a field because they think they can do a gold mine or something, right? And we've seen people take risks, you know, in life and uh, dump money into things that were maybe poor risks. But this has enough just on the surface value to it that it's, it, it might be a little intangible, might be hard to quantify, but it's worth the risk worth taking that risk. And I love that thought about it because when it comes to the kingdom of God, like talking about our faith, what it means to walk in this way, to be a part of the kingdom of God, what its value is, it can be very intangible. It can be hard to put a formula to, to put, put a measure to it. And our human tendency for millennia is to try and do this. Let's try and make it like quantifiable. Let's make it something that we can we can nail down, we can convince people, like, look, do the math, you're here. And, and it's kind of hard. It's, it's hard for me to do that. It's like, it's like, it's this way, and it doesn't necessarily lead to riches, but it's worth giving up a lot to take that, take that chance. And then you have the second one. The second one is interesting. It says, the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who finds a great pearl. And he does the same thing, or they do the same thing. They sell all they've got, and they get this treasure. And what I love about that is it's, it sounds like the same story, doesn't it? And so in fact, sometimes in like uh, our Bibles, they'll give little headers to the, the paragraphs. They'll say, parable of the treasure and the jewel, or the treasure and the pearl. And then some have started to do it, I think, a little more accurately. They'll do it. It's the parable of the treasure and the merchant. Because there's a point of comparison. The kingdom of God, in one case, is like the treasure. And in another case, in the very next sentence, the kingdom of God is like the merchant. 
And a merchant is interesting. A merchant's a business person. They buy and sell. They know the value of things. And if, if anything, they, if they're going to sell everything they've got to buy this treasure that they've found, this thing of value, they know for sure it's going to pay off. It is absolutely worth more than everything they're giving up. Uh, I happen to be a business person, uh, kind of accidentally stumbled into self-employment, and um, I don't feel like I uh, have any special sauce. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Um, I t every week, at least a couple conversations where I tell somebody, I am probably the luckiest person alive because things just keep going my way. And I, I'll just ride it and see how it goes. And that's, that's not how business always goes. But there's one rule I've tried to keep in mind is that in business, you're always trying to um, bring in more money than you're spending. That's kind of the whole goal. Otherwise, you can't pay the bills, can't pay yourself. And a merchant is going to act that way. It's like they know the value of something. They know the extreme value. In this case, the thing of value is each and every one of us. Not only is the kingdom of God something worth taking a chance on that is of extreme value, but the kingdom of God recognizes an extreme value in each of us. And I think about like this God that we, we want to follow and be like and emulate. This God who is of infinite proportions, giving up everything they have, have to have us, to have a relationship with us, to, for us to walk with them. And that ascribes to each of us that same infinite value. And it doesn't matter where we're at. It's not like you cleaned it up and then it has value. It had value right from the get-go. So whether you're, you're here, you're at home, you're whatever community you're part of, whatever stage of life you're in, we're valued by this God and this kingdom of God. And that's, of course, it's a small step from I am valued to I'm special, right? It's easy to kind of go off track on this. And uh, again, looking through human history and Christian history, it's easy to see us kind of like, you know, I'm special and maybe I need to weed out the people who aren't measuring up, you know, and we create boundaries, we create litmus tests, we try to screen the people coming and going because we're going to do this job for God to make sure just the people worth treasuring are somehow on the inside, the people who are living up to some standard. And, this, and it comes from this wanting to quantify it, really to define things and nail things down. It's hard to hold on to this vagueness sometimes with the kingdom of God, this, the intangibleness of parts of it. So we, we try to come up with our own system. Which brings up another parable in this same line of parables. It's just a few paragraphs before. It's the parable of the weeds. And I always thought it was kind of a weird one. And it started to click about how all this kind of connects. And the story, it's pretty simple. It's a story of gardening. You know, a gardener goes out and plants good seeds. You know, just like, you know, my daughters love gardening, especially Adia. Um, she's passionate about gardening. 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 And, and not having weeds, right? In fact, she's preparing a section of our garden. She's covered it with a tarp. She's got the long, long view in mind, right? She's got a tarp over a section of the garden that will kill all the weeds. So then down the road, like next year, maybe, I don't know, but it's going to kill all the weeds and everything in that section of the garden so then she can plant good seeds and the right things grow up, right? 
But of course, always some weeds come up. So in the parable, they plant good seeds, uh, but then some bad seeds, you know, the weeds get planted too, and they come up and up. And the, the servants of the, gar- of the gardener come and say, hey, uh, we got all these weeds in here. Do you want us to pull them up? And they're like, no, 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 no. You know, if you pull those up, you're going to pull up some of the good ones too. Just leave them be. We'll sort it all out in the end. And first my brain goes to, isn't there some kind of precise weeding technique? I mean, like, come on, we weed our garden. Although this is my, I should, this is going to be my argument in future summers. Like, I'm not going to help with weeding. It's not biblical. Uh, <laughs> it's like, my pull up the wrong thing. My pull up the wrong thing. And, uh, but <laughs> we, the, the, there's, a, there's a few messages here. One is that, like, so the, the person sowing, like, putting, planting the seeds in the ground, this, this is God working. This is the kingdom of God in our present world. And some people are going to choose to live that way, and some people will not. And it's kind of a, points to just a part of reality that walking the way, being part of the kingdom of God, uh, doesn't necessarily lead to riches. It doesn't lead to everything being perfect, the world getting to be just the way we want it. But we get to walk the way. Like the, we, have, we get to walk along this journey in the kingdom of God. And none of us have the abilities of God to sort out who's got it figured out and who doesn't. None of us have. I think there's a, a message here from Jesus that, hey, it's like, don't. No, 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 no. Don't bother trying to weed the garden as, you go, as it grows. It'll all get sorted out in the end. But human history points the other direction. We've been weeding, and uh, sometimes our religious institutions, like we go for power and like purity of doctrine and thought, and that causes us to create systems that are black and white and lose the intangibleness of this because we want to like create this end, end time, like pure kingdom of God somehow today where people have choice and they can live their lives, and they have autonomy, and we're individuals. And we sometimes, as human beings, go the way of power, and power over people. i got to remember where I'm at, sorry. <laughs> but even in the midst of the weeds, and even in the midst of the, the hard times in life too, the kingdom is worth pursuing. And, and what has often happened is in the desire, and I think what starts as an honest, good desire to, to find the, the good seeds in life and to create these systems, is that we have institutions and people in power that you know, preach that people are sinners. You might have been told you're a sinner at one point. And in the end, what we end up is individuals being sinned against. And I, I give Nikki the credit for this. Like we're talking about, there's this, been this theme coming up of historically individuals and groups and people, maybe yourself, and you've been labeled a sinner. But it, it's doing this. It's having power over people and trying to weed the garden and having the test in and out. And really what's happening is those people, maybe yourself, you've been sinned against. And you shouldn't have to experience that. That is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is this wide open, we have choices, we can follow this way, 
and it all gets sorted out in the end. Really only God is the one who's going to be able to do that sorting. So what does this mean, this kingdom of God? Like this way, I do want to say right away, yes, it does have something to do with what happens after we die. You know, um, we can bounce back and forth in different, different emphases. But that is the penultimate question of all of humankind for millennia, generations, uh, however many millennia we go back. It's a concern about human existence is we all die. We become aware of our mortality. What happens after that? So there's, it's great to have this assurance that, hey, we can walk in the kingdom of God. We know that we're in good standing. We're, uh, we can put some of that stress aside. But also it makes us aware of our mortality in the present. Like, what is this life for? What are these days for? And maybe it's because I'm, I'm, like, getting to be middle-aged, getting to be... Uh, <laughs> Um, but I start thinking about these things, you know, and, and we don't think about our mortality like when we're in our 20s and we're our teens, but like reality is you, we all die. And, and I've known, uh, I don't know, I have this bad habit lately of looking at their obituaries and seeing how many people my age have died in the last week. And, and I don't know why, but my brain is... It's been a rough few years. I've, I've known a number of people who have passed away, some of them my age, some much younger. And so now I'm looking at the obituaries and like, there's a 45-year-old. It's like, I'm guaranteed nothing more, right? And, uh, you know, or I think about when my, my dad passed away, that means I've got 20 years. So what is this day? What does our life look like right now? And that's the kingdom of God too. It's not just about after we die. But today, living the way Jesus exemplified for us, the way he taught us, the way the Bible teaches us over and over again, and that is our mortality is the fact that after we leave, others are still here, whether it's our community, family, the next generation, generations yet to come, is that this world doesn't end with us. So our living matters and how we leave this world. Uh, and the, that looks like this, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, Jesus talked on it, he exemplified it, but it's also throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, caring for the widows, the orphans, the foreigners, prisoners, those who are hurt, those who are oppressed. We see this theme over and over again. Above it all, love God, with everything you've got. So yes, seek this kingdom of God. That, that's the first treasure, right? Seek this kingdom of God, even with all of its intangibles and its uncertainties. Explore it, the, depth, the depths of it, uh, whether it's being in community like this, diving into the Bible. You know, explore that faith and what God is, has to offer. But then living this life where we are serving those I used to te- you know, take students on, on trips. Sorry for the mental, just the right turn there. But I used to take teenagers on service trips. And we'd look for ways we could find people to serve, that we could support, that we could do something for. People who could not ever repay us. So this list was always in my brain. And that's how I viewed it. I viewed it as, we're gonna, these are individuals who, in Jesus' time, throughout biblical time, in current times, there's, there's people who do not have resources. 
they could never repay us. We, we need to we do things for them with expecting nothing in return. It's real sacrifice. In recent years, I've like kind of evolved and added to that and this recognition that real, this is also the groups of people with no power. Uh, in Jesus' time, most of biblical history, the groups with no power who had no rights, not only did not have affluence and money to repay, but they had no power in their systems. And the kingdom of God represents this huge flipping of how power is supposed to work. That the, the good news of Jesus Christ is the demonstration that power isn't power over people. It's power under people. It's serving. It's sacrificing. And give credit to Greg Boyd for that whole phrase of power under. But that is the kingdom of God. And when we start seeing power over people, we're taking people's choices and their options away. When we see people oppressed, when we see systems that don't work for everyone, that do not have justice, we're seeing power over people. And power under people is the kingdom of God. So it's flipping these things around, looking for the people in life who do not have power and need power, and uh, doing that with nothing in return. And it's, I, it's not about legacy, too. Just a little side comment. You know, you could look at this life, this time, about legacy, leaving a, leaving a mark on the world. You know, I just went to New York City, saw Alexander Hamilton's grave, uh, who I really didn't know who that was until the musical came out. I don't know. I totally missed that day in American history or chapter. I don't know where that was, uh, but it's a cool story. And now he's got, and he's got a beautiful gravesite uh, at the old North Church or an old church in New York City. Old church. And <laughs> the old one. And a beautiful gravesite. And Eliza, his wife, is there. What struck me is like we had to walk around like the whole place to find his gravestone, right? And there's several hundred gravestones around this church. And they're all from like 17th and 18th century American uh, history. So like they're very old. And they're made all of the same kind of, uh, not limestone, uh, quartz and stone. But 99% of them are so worn, you can't read them. Like, there's no name, there's no dates, and there's probably records somewhere. But Alexander Hamilton, yes, you can read his. It's big, it's beautiful. But really, legacy, it's not about getting your name on a bridge or a street or a train depot. I'm running out of examples there. And, <laughs> you know, like, it's like that theme is in there, leaving a legacy. Oh, we got a name on a street, so now the legacy is, is knocked down. It's like, that, that's not leaving the world better. That's not living the kingdom of God. Um, and the reality is that 99.999% of us, we're here and then we're gone. Like, maybe I'm just middle-aged, so my mortality is just hitting me. But, like, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm some dude from northern Minnesota, and I will never be a professional athlete. I'm not going to be in any world record Hall of Fame thing. I'm not going to be a politician. I won't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Um, I am never going to be anyone famous. That is hard, would have been really hard to accept in my 20s, but I'm really aware of it now. So, And it's like, what is life about? It's really about this. It's about coming under people to serve them, support them, 
It's thinking about the next generation. It's really living in this way, the kingdom of God, despite the weeds that are going to pop up. Despite the fact that life doesn't always go great, it's not about being prosperous, but it's still doing the way because that is the best way. That's the good and beautiful life that we have to participate in. And uh, that's my message for today, that this kingdom is worth experimenting with. It's worth taking a shot at. It's worth delving into. It's even worth sacrificing for. But then you, each one of you, wherever you're at, whatever you're dealing with, uh, you're infinitely valuable to this God and in this kingdom. And, and lastly, the way of this kingdom is serving others and sacrificing its power under others. And we're going to do it even though other peoples may really mess it up, right? All right, I'm going to pray. And then Steve's going to come up, play one more song, or a little reprise here. So Jesus, God, we invite you here. And we thank you for uh, your sacrifices. We thank you for this life we get to live. We thank you for your love. We ask that you would just help that message sink in to us those who need to hear that today, that they are infinitely valuable to you, that you would sacrifice for us. And we thank you for opportunities to serve others. We ask, that for, we, we ask for, we, for just help and comfort for those who are hurting. There's plenty of opportunities to comfort others in our world. Open our eyes. Amen.